sing. <laughs> la 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 And you're listening to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I'm your host. And it is finally here. NFL Draft Week. It's the week we've been waiting for for God knows how long. We've been breaking down quarterbacks. We've been breaking down a running back and a few other people. But now's the time. My man Kevin Kennedy is joining me. We could talk about the whole NFL draft. It's here. Dude, is this like the the longest time in between where we started talking about the draft to the draft that it's ever been? Like it feels like it's been incredibly long. Uh, yeah, it's great to be back and um I just ha- I've had crazy anxiety about this draft since about October 5th of what 2015? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, they've won one game in the last 2 years, so it's been pretty much you know, uh, it's it's can't wait for it to be over. I guess. <laughs> I mean, and if you don't know Kevin Kennedy, that this is our this is our uh, NFL draft expert. We like to call him at Sports Blog New York. No relation to me, who's also a Kennedy, but two Kennedys, man. That that's just bound for greatness, if you ask me. Uh, but Sports Blog New York podcast, you know, iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Overcast, Pocket Cast, wherever the hell you listen to podcasts, it's there. Don't forget to subscribe if you like what you've been hearing. Hit us up on Twitter at Sports Blog NYC. My personal at P Kennedy with two Y's. Uh, let us know who you like, who you don't like, what you think of our breakdown, because there's been tons of breakdown, and there's been way too many mock drafts at this point. But uh, it can't hurt to do one more. Is that right, Kev? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is going to be the final one. Um, hopefully, I have uh, some correct. I think I had like four or five last year, so it's not a bad percentage. <laughs> That's it. And and the mock draft world is so weird because, you know, there's Mel Kuypers and Todd McShays and Matt Millers and, and all these people who are, you know, some of them are talking heads, some of them are real hardcore scout people. But we're in a realm of uh, the universe where you and I can sit here and create our mock draft based off of all these all this information and data that we have. And we have just as much a chance to get things right as they do because, well, these GMs basically lie to a lot of the people who are actually, you know, in tune with organizations to get out certain narratives, to get narratives out about specific players who, who other teams might be interested in. And it, this year has been more prevalent than any. When there's a rumor, Kev, about Josh Allen going number one or Sam Darnold, the surefire number one pick or Baker Mayfield is liked by the Jets, like all this stuff comes out for a reason, right? Do you think with these quarterbacks being uh, the big the big ticket here in the draft, do you think that makes it more prone to these crazy rumors that are getting spread? Well, the thing is, uh, if you like if you like a player and you're not picking one, you gain nothing from putting it out there that you want that guy. And even if you are picking one in the Browns case, you gain nothing from telling everyone who you're picking because then the dominoes begin to fall. If the Giants are planning to take player X, at one or thinking about a trade down and they have two weeks to prepare for that situation as opposed to 15 minutes on the clock, you know, that can alter some judgments. People might make rash decisions. I mean, I know they go over these things thousands of times, but you know, when it, when, when the time comes, you really only have 15 minutes to make a decision. So that's not really a lot of time when you think about it. And that's it. I mean, Dave Gettleman of the giants has uh, not said much about he, what he actually wants to do. You know, there's Barkley rumors, there's quarterback rumors, there's trade-out rumors, and that basically just goes for the whole board. The Browns have the first pick, and everyone everyone believes, probably rightfully so, they're taking a quarterback, but they, for whatever reason, can trade out and hope to find one of those guys at four, because really, who the hell knows at this point? Um, what do you think, in general, 
of the mock draft era. I'm calling this the mock draft era. Do you think it's it's overkill? I know it's a really fun exercise, and we're about to do the same one, same thing right now. I don't want to be too hypocritical, but do you think the mock draft era is like a little overkill? Is it too much? Yeah, because a, a lot of it is just it's just to get a conversation going because this is the dead point in the NFL season. So anything you can do to keep it relevant, I guess, is going to be – it's going to be done, and that's why you watch like ESPN or whatever. They're doing mock drafts every day. Every day. It's insane. And every <laughs> it's day insane. it's somebody else. So like, Because that's narrative. That's right. what it is. That's what gets the clicks. Right. And it, like Last year, like Miles Garrett was going one, so it was kind of boring. Right. And then like a week before, they're like, oh, the Browns are going to take Trubisky. Like, no, they're not. Yeah, they're still taking Garrett. Right. But, <laughs> but it's just a way to get people to talk. It's a way to get people to tune in because... People always want as much information as they can, even if it's wrong, even if it's completely fabricated. And it even comes down to fatigue from the fans' perspective, from the talking head perspective, from the writer's perspective. I mean, how many times can one writer write about Baker Mayfield going first? Like, you know, same thing with the NBA draft. I remember the one that sticks out to my mind is the Carl Anthony Towns draft. I mean, it was maybe two weeks into the NCAA season where we knew Carl Anthony Towns was the best player, the best prospect, and it turned out to be as such. But then it's like a couple weeks before the before the draft. Jaleel Okafor making a run. Maybe they'll take Porzingis, D'Angelo Russell. But it was Towns the whole time. But this time around with the NFL draft, we sincerely, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up between Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. And even though Josh Rosen, for all intents and purposes, should be right in that mix for the number one pick, there's almost no rumor of him going number one to the Browns, and he could fall 2-3 four or maybe down further we don't know but we're gonna get into it or he so, could go one or he, you think he, you think i feel like he has the least chance to go one to the browns right but, he, but, but, but why not right wouldn't that be their design if they wanted him first overall and that's the guy you've heard the least about that would be an excellent job by their front office if, if that's what they're planning on doing but nobody knows until thursday look at, like look at this fun sparkly conversation over here about alan mayfield and darnold and then switch up. Let's look on the other side. Josh Rosen going number one. Who the hell knows? It's very possible. But let's start off here. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks just based off of where they're probably going in the draft for the first couple picks. But then we're going to run through, you know, the rest of the draft. The guys who you don't hear as much about. The Tremaine Edwards, who you just hear his name and maybe you don't hear much about him. We're going to break down all that, where they might go, what do they have to offer at the next level. But without further ado, it's a place to start. The number one pick, your Cleveland Browns. The draft you've been looking forward to for a whole year now. Kevin Kennedy, who do you think is going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft? Who do I think? Uh, well, who do you have? Who do you have in your mind? I have draft, no man? clue who they're going to pick, but it should be Baker Mayfield. Is that right? Right. Because Why is this? All right. If you watch the film, he's the best quarterback on the film. Whether you think he's going to translate, we can have that discussion, but he does enough things that um, you got to do to be successful consistently in the NFL, and he does it at a higher level. He's more efficient than any quarterback in this draft. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's extremely accurate. Um, by every metric testing possible at the combine, he had the second strongest arm. So that put to bed any rest that, like, he can make any throw you got him to make. He's going to make it on time. It's going to be accurate, and he's going to give his guys a chance to make a play. And that's what it's all about in the NFL. Everything's more of run after catch. The The days of, you know, just running and running, running, and then throwing a bomb and trying to hit the big play. That That's not how it works. Everything's like the Patriots, you know, yak. It's all about yak. All about the yak. It's all about the intermediate passing game and more and more every single year. It's more about throwing in between the numbers. Because for a while, 
it was about Calvin Johnson being out on the outside, getting him going deep and vertical or getting him on the outside is very much so changed. And these slot receivers and these very active tight ends are more and more important. And the running backs in the past game. Right. And to bring up that Calvin Johnson point, um, have you seen Matt Stafford since Calvin Johnson left? Uh, the same, if not better. He's awesome. He's been he awesome. Looks, he looks like a completely different quarterback. He's he's awesome. There's no there's no place he needs to put the ball anymore. Like he, no no specific arms he needs to put the ball in anymore. He needs to make the play. He's he's hitting everyone. He's he's giving his guys a chance. He's doing everything you have to do to be successful as an NFL quarterback. And if he had if he had a better team around him, I think he'd be a real issue because when you know crunch time comes, he's he's winning that game. Oh, he's dangerous down there. He's dangerous in crunch time. All right, so let's talk about Baker Mayfield, the guy who you have slotted in to go number one to the Cleveland Browns. I think it would be a controversial pick. I don't think it's controversial for the right reasons. It's controversial because of this little... I, I say little because I think it's little. Some people make a big deal about it, this off-the-field stuff, which doesn't really exist that much. Yeah, the guy has a little ego, has a chip on his shoulder, maybe has an attitude. What quarterback doesn't, if you ask me? Like, all these quarterbacks have something going on. Baker Mayfield caught some really unfair comparisons to me. And I was a big proponent of... Don't call this guy Russell Wilson. Don't call this guy Drew Brees. Don't call him Johnny Manziel. Especially don't call him Johnny Manziel. That was really bothersome. But what is he in the NFL? What is Baker Mayfield in the NFL to you? Because, you know, there was also this narrative going around that he made all these plays with his feet. And his feet actually aren't going to be quick enough in the NFL to get away from defensive linemen like they were at Oklahoma. So in, in the NFL, do you see Baker Mayfield as this pocket presence quarterback who just plays in the offense and does what his team needs him to do? He needs an offense that fits him, and I think if you draft him, you're going to prepare an offense that does that, fit that him. That is all the quarterbacks. Right, but you, yes. can't just, you, know, you can't just fit a, a guy into any system. You've got to build your system and your team around your quarterback. And many times you see guys, teams take guys and they try to make them one thing, and like that's how you get fired. I mean, Marcus Mariota was a play-action drop-back quarterback for the last three years, and... That's not what he does. Like, he's a dynamic playmaker. You got to let him make plays, and uh, you know I, I think you'll see a lot more of that this year. But Baker Mayfield is the quarterback that Cleveland needs for all the reasons that you just mentioned because he's got that chip on his shoulder and he he's faced adversity. And what's give me a, a more difficult situation to come in and be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> the so, Jets. I don't know. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> no. Which Jets, is possible, too. Jets is a cakewalk compared to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> there's a list that we could do a whole podcast just on the list alone. There's, there's a <laughs> bunch of New York Jets fans listening to this podcast who just went, yes, thank God, at least we're not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. But at least, uh, you know, um, they got Tyrod since uh, we haven't been on since then. And uh, I think that's great because that, that won't pressure a quarterback to play because even if Tyrod's not the greatest quarterback, he's shown what he can do in this league, and I think that's more enough to win games. He was technically a playoff quarterback. I like to remind people that. Last, right. last year, he made the playoffs. Right. And I, <laughs> Even though he got benched right. for Nate Peterman. Yeah, Nate Peterman. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, but Baker, for all those reasons that you mentioned, that, that chip on his shoulder, that's kind of what makes him great. And the fact that um, that bothers people, I mean, it's not going to bother when he, like Tom Brady was had to get pulled away from Jalen Ramsey before the AFC Championship game because he was talking smack and getting in Ramsey's face. Tom Brady's 41. Yeah. He's Jalen, a grown-ass man. And Jalen Ramsey's like 22. Right. <laughs> and that's a losing battle for Tom Brady. Have you ever seen Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, dude's a savage. Right. I mean, TB12 all the way, but <laughs> he's not beating Jalen Ramsey in a fight. But that's just guys like that, and I, I compare him a lot to Brady, and it's not 
because of the way he plays. But that drive that he just won't stop until he's successful, you don't get that very often. It's almost unhealthy amount of drive. Right. But this guy, he had like like a couple issues with that one arrest. But, I mean, he's said multiple times it's a, he's the biggest mistake of his life, yada, yada. I know I read stories that he was depressed about that for months because, you know, that got that Johnny Manziel label on him. And that's not what he is because the issue with Menzel was Menzel was more worried about the things that being a football player gives you. Right. Whereas May- Mayfield doesn't care. He he wants to win and he'll rip your heart out and watch it beat in his hand and look you in the eyes as he's doing it. Like he's a he's a cold blooded assassin. Yeah. I mean that's that's the trait. That's what's funny about it. That's a trait if you ask people, what do you want your quarterback to be? It's like, oh I want him to be a smart, like calm, cool, collected guy, but I need him to have that killer instinct. Like he needs to be a killer. And Baker seems to have that, and people hold it against him, which is like absolutely insane. But back to the X's and O's real quick. And I know you've watched uh, a lot of Baker Mayfield footage, right? So the one question about like his size doesn't seem to be as much of an issue anymore. But the question that I mentioned before is how people see him make these plays with his feet and make his plays outside of the pocket. What do you see that's spectacular about his pocket presence, whether it be throwing the ball or moving around the pocket? First off, he's very decisive. And um, one thing that I think he will have an issue with at the next level is he doesn't want to make the mistake, and he might take some unwarranted sacks because of that. But a six, seven-yard loss is a lot better than interception and throwing an ill-advised pass. But you watch him play, and he just he's a boy. He does what he has to do to win. If that means he has to scamper around a little bit, he'll do it. But if you go watch his highlights, and you can go on YouTube and type in Baker Mayfield highlights, his highlights are from the pocket. Yes. And Greg Cosell, who I'll probably mention a handful of times on this podcast, he's one of the most unbiased uh, critiquers or, you know, scouters of all these prospects, not only quarterbacks, everybody in the NFL draft. And he he put out a little statistic about Baker Mayfield. Over 65%, almost 70% of Baker Mayfield's like 15-plus yard plays in college came from the confines of the offensive system and came from the pocket. And that right there, that, that right there should tell you that, yeah, you saw these highlights of him running around and making some plays, those were the outliers. Those were the icing on the cake. Those were not the bread and butter of his game. And that will lead us into these other quarterbacks who have these playmaking ability that seems extraordinary, that is outside of the pocket, and that may be what they rely on too much. So that's a good good amount on Baker Mayfield. He'll come back into the conversation as we go. But the person you have going second is not to the New York football giants, Kevin. You have a guy going second who's a quarterback, who's been highly rumored to be number one to the Browns. But like you said, why is that getting out there? Why is it getting out there that Josh Allen's going number one? Is it the Giants dropping seeds? Is it the Jets dropping seeds? Why are the Browns dropping it about themselves? They're likely not. So what what do you see out of Josh Allen, and what team you have uh, sliding in for the Giants pick? Well, I, I know the Browns are an avid with Josh Allen. Whether that is enough interest to take him remains to be you know remains to be seen. Now with Tyrod, I think I'm a little bit more at ease if Allen was the pick. Because his physical talents are probably unrivaled in the NFL, right? And not, is, that's not just amongst uh, quarterback uh, prospects. You're talking about NFL talent in general. His physicals are up there with anybody in the league currently right now. Yeah, the 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 way he throws a ball, uh, I've never seen anything like it. And a lot of people that have been doing this a lot longer than I have said they've never seen it like it. Jordan Palmer, who uh, you know, Carson Palmer's brother works with him and Donald. Yeah, he said he's never seen a guy throw a football the way Josh Allen does. I mean, so the tools are there, and whether you can get it out of them is one thing. But I have the Buffalo Bills trading up um, 
trying to you know package of picks. I won't I won't get into what those picks exactly are because I won't I, I won't be able to know it. But um, the Bills are gonna jump up and get their quarterback, and I think the Giants would be foolish to turn down a bounty of picks, especially if they want to do a win now thing because they need a few pieces, and you can get that in this draft with the picks they would get. And the Bills, for some reason, I think they would like Allen. I think he's that type of quarterback, and uh, I think I think someone's gonna fall in love with him. And um, it'd be interesting to see where it goes. But in my latest mock, I have the the Bills jumping up to two to get him. So the questions with Josh Allen come with accuracy, rightfully so. The man's throwing in the low fifties for completion percentage. Uh, you actually mentioned to me before we started recording when he was at junior college before he went to Wyoming. Two places where the competition isn't fantastic. Yeah, the supporting cast isn't fantastic either. But nonetheless, it's not going to be easier to complete throws in the NFL. That's his biggest concern. So does the accuracy concerns hold a lot of weight with you when it comes to Josh Allen? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was in a very different system. He wasn't in a Baker Mayfield system. He wasn't insane. like he did a lot of NFL concepts and a lot of throws weren't easy, but he still didn't make them. So, I mean, you got to make the, you got you got to you got to get the ball where it has to be on time in the guy's chest. And uh I mentioned on the last podcast, when you throw as hard as he does, if it's not in the ideal spot, even if it's off by a foot, that could be the reason for a batted ball in the air for an interception. Right. Because when the ball's coming in 61 miles an hour like he threw at the combine, which is the record, you know, if that's on the guy's back hip, he's not catching that ball over the middle. You know, six yards away from him, he's throwing 60 miles an hour at the guy. So a lot of his issues come with that. He's got to learn how to, you know, put touch on the ball. And uh, I saw Brandon Whedon do that a lot. Like he would have a guy wide open on a swing pass, and he would throw it. A BB at him. He throws a rocket at him. Right, and it's dropped. And it's not the guy's fault because he's five feet away from the guy and he's throwing, you know, heaters at him. You you can't do that. Yeah, so the thing with Josh Allen is, yeah, he can throw the ball 80 yards down the field. Can he complete a swing pass? Can he complete the hitch consistently? Can he get that throw outside the numbers? Yeah, he can reach that spot, but he's sailing it over the guy's head a lot. Uh, But before we move on to these other quarterbacks, I want to talk about the Giants specifically. So not being a Giants fan, you don't have a stake in this fight. You don't have a reason to pull for them to succeed or not to succeed. You know, you don't you don't really care. You're a New York guy, sure. I'm sure you'd probably prefer the Giants to do better than bad. I don't, I don't really even know. But from a franchise theory standpoint, what do you think would be best for the Giants to do with this pick? Would it be Saquon Barkley? Would it be a quarterback? Would it be trade down? Obviously, you have that situation to trade down. What angle do the Giants need to take here? I, I would take quarterback. I think they're foolish not to. Because uh, looking ahead, I mean, there's no massive prospects coming out. Because last year, all you heard about was this class. You heard about Darnold and Rosen. Right, that's all you heard about. For a long time. Also, I have quick quick thing on, on Josh Allen. If Carson Wentz doesn't come out of uh, North Dakota, South Dakota? North Dakota, right? Uh, if he doesn't come out of Dakota and, you know, take the world by storm, have a really good rookie season, an amazing second season, does Josh Allen's stock have the opportunity to even get to where it is? Um, I mean, the talent's there, um, but maybe to this point we're seeing, probably not. But I've seen a lot of people compare him to Carson Wentz. I've seen Big Ben. I've seen Cam Newton. And the thing about these guys, while, yeah, they didn't play at, you know, the greatest levels. I mean, Newton had that one year. But if you watch them when they did play, they dominated. They were playing against a lesser competition, and they absolutely dominated. Did you ever watch Cam Newton's highlights at Auburn? Insane. (laughs) Absolutely insane. 
But that's what a guy who has those talent has the tools that they have should be doing against guys that are never going to play at the next level. And ben, Big Ben did the same thing. They dominated at their level. I mean, and then people say, "Well, Brett Favre only completed fi- well." All right, if you're banking on Brett Favre every time a guy comes out with a big arm, uh, you're you're gonna be for, for a rude awakening. And yeah. the Browns have been there, done that. <laughs> That's what happens with, with comparing these quarterbacks to big time players. It's a, it's it's just comes so tough. Like Baker Mayfield, he he actually does fit the comp of Drew Brees, right? Stylistically fitting in the pocket, making the the timely throws in the confines of the offense. So Drew Brees made a career off of is going to be the freaking yards leader in NFL history. But just putting that on Baker Mayfield is unfair. It's just completely unfair. And now with Saquon Barkley, who I, I get a lot of mixed reviews from Giants fans that want Barkley, who don't want Barkley. The thing with me as a Giants fan, as an NFL guy in general, I would never be upset about drafting Saquon Barkley. You can't be. The guy's a talent, and it's undeniable. He's going to be a very good player. Is it the right move for the two-pick for a franchise that has no run game and no offensive line? That's where it falls for me. And... Fans really fall in love with prospects more than they should, right? They fall in love with the person. Saquon Barkley seems like a fantastic individual. What do you have to say to a Giant fan that is, like, longing for Saquon Barkley to change this franchise around? Um, if they want to get a running game going, take Quentin Nelson at two. That's it, baby. Go I watch love that. that guy's I love tapes. that. If you want to get a running game, go get Quentin Nelson. I'll run behind that guy because nobody's going to touch me. You could get Quentin Nelson at two, who's going to be – People saying he's going to be better than Zach Martin, and once again, talk about comps. It's tough to put that on a guy, but when you talk about sure, surefire guys, he's as surefire as they come. He's going to be a pro ball guard bearing some type of injuries within a year. He's that good. and Because uh, also, he's the size of a tackle. Yeah. And he's... A guard. Physically, <laughs> physically he's he's a specimen. I mean, he and he's a nasty individual. So if you want to solve the running game... Go get Quentin Nelson, and then you could take Sony Michelle at thirty-four, or if Darius Geis falls, or Nick Chubb, or you don't, you don't know because last year everyone was all Fournette, all Fournette, all Fournette, or or McCaffrey. Right now, what about Kareem Hunt? Right. What about Alvin Kamara? Yeah. Right. You you don't know. I mean, and then you look at the Cowboys, and they took Zeke, and oh yeah, Zeke's great. I'd rather have Jalen Ramsey and Jordan Howard, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, what does Zeke look like? What does Dak Prescott look like if we didn't also pair their early career success with the best offense in the league, the best offensive line in the league? Like, what does their first two years look like if the Cowboys didn't have Zach Martin, if they didn't have Tyrone Smith? It's a different narrative. It's an absolutely different narrative. And and we, we seem to separate those things. Like, oh, my God, Zeke's amazing. The offensive line's amazing. Cowboys crush it with the Zeke pick. Those two things come together. And if, if Saquon Barkley gets picked by the New York Giants, there's a chance that he averages three yards a carry for the first two years in his career because the Giants can't block a soul still. And that is the real problem. So me personally, I'm never going to be, God damn it, we got Saquon Barkley. That's the wrong pick. We messed up. We blew it. I'm going to be like, all right, we got a really talented player who's probably going to be successful, but his success is going to rely on other people. And is that going to help Eli Manning in the offensive line? Maybe a little bit. But not when Eli Manning retires in two years and we have no quarterback. And wh- what about what about six years from now when Quentin Nelson's going to his seventh Pro Bowl, fifth Pro Bowl, whatever he's doing, maybe a two-time All-Pro, and now you're in a Le'Veon Bell situation with Saquon Barkley where you don't want to pay him what he's worth because you don't know how much longer you're going to be able to get out of him. And what about injuries? And also, you know, people are really talking about paying Odell. If, is it worth it? Is it not? The same concept goes for Le'Veon Bell. 
right now. It's even worse. The, the Steelers still don't want to pay the man long term. So running backs and receivers are in this weird place in the NFL where they don't want to, people don't want to pay him, but they're still the 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 flashy individual, the flashy guy who gets the numbers, who does score the touchdown sometimes. But these teams still don't know if it's worth paying them. But before we move on to the Jets, which is the number three pick, if the Giants were not to trade out to the Buffalo Bills or the Dolphins or the Cardinals, whoever the hell it may be, who do you think is the best quarterback for the Giants if the Giants were going to go quarterback? Uh, Sam Darnold. Okay. I think uh, personality-wise, I think he's very close to Eli. I think he has that uh, calm, cool demeanor where he's not like Mayfield where he's going to get in your face, but... He's kind of the same all the time, whether you're up 40 or down 40. And players gravitate towards that because they know no matter what, they can go to him and he's going to be a calming voice. Uh, I read a story where um, when he was a redshirt freshman in practice, he threw a touchdown pass to Juju Smith-Schuster. And, uh, you know, Juju did his thing in the end zone, like whatever, dance and everything. And then Donald took him aside from everyone in the practice and, like, told him, like, you know, we're here to work, all that stuff, like, you know, just – cool a little bit, you know, let's, let's put our work in and, uh, uh, you know, like just, he's a mature individual. He's, he's very, he's very calm. And I, I think he's a little bit of a project. I think he needs a year. So what better guy to learn behind than Eli Manning and a true, a true professional. Right. And I think that's, and I think he's perfect for New York. Um, cause like Eli is not going to get rattled by the nonsense. And I think he would be able to handle guys like Odell and, you know, cause wide receivers are all, all the good ones are a little out there. They so. got, they got something right. going. <laughs> so and I, I think he knows how to handle guys like that and I think he he'd be a great fit for the Giants personally and if he was there too when they passed on him, um, I mean what does Gettleman always say uh, if you pick the wrong quarterback blah 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 five blah, years yeah, right. yeah yeah what if you don't take a quarterback that Dave Gettleman man he's a character dude right. that guy is something else he created the game of football I don't know if you know that he right. he invented football right but if you don't take a quarterback if you if you pass on the quarterback you're also going to get fired. Yeah, because then you're going to be forced to take one later where you have the pick of the you're probably going to have the pick of three guys who are probably better than any guy coming out next year and now you're banking on the guy next year being better and you also have to be in that spot to take him. Right, you need to be in the right. pick. And the issue with uh the Browns and the Jets specifically outside of the Carson Wentz incident um and I call it an incident cuz that was not the greatest <laughs> thing. I mean, but it did set them up for what they have now. They wouldn't have Right. It. So uh but you know, it's a, the guy lost his job because of that. But, you know, well, that that leaves us at the Jets, really. That leaves us right at the right, Jets. Right, because so, the Jets issue and the Browns issue was they were never in position to get that guy. So th- that leaves us at the Jets here. So say the Giants go with the quarterback. I think Rosen would be a good prospect for the Giants as well. I really like Rosen. We're going to get into him in a minute. But you mentioned the Jets now at three. So through your mock, Baker Mayfield goes one. Allen goes two with the trade down, and uh, the Bills probably slide in. So you have the Jets drafting Sam Darnold. So do the same exact things that you just mentioned that if Sam went to the, the Giants, does, does that also fit for the Jets? Yeah, I think he, he fits what they want to do. I think he fits their, their team well. You know, they're young, and uh, they're looking for that leader, and I think he could be that guy. Um, I think McCown is excellent. I think McCown would be great to have as the mentor, and then they have Teddy too. Just somebody to look at, right. and see I, them work, see them prepare. I think Darnold ends up playing this year, whereas um, – I mean, they could take Rosen. I would probably take Rosen over Donald personally. But for some reason, teams aren't as high on Rosen from what I'm reading and I, whether I agree or disagree with that. 
I kind of get it um, to a point. He kind of rubs people the wrong way. He's like Mayfield in a different way where you either love him or you hate him, and it's not really concrete. It's just like a gut feeling, like, oh, I don't, I don't like that guy. So, yeah, it is, and I hate like that. that. Yeah. I really don't like that. I really don't. But before we go back to Rosen, because I want to talk about him before we move on to these other guys that are also going to be drafted in this draft, the linebackers, the linemen, the receivers, the DNs, and all this stuff, where these quarterbacks are just running the narrative here. So Sam Darnold talking about X's and O's. We talked about Mayfield's ability to work with inside the confines of an offense. Sam Darnold has the reputation of somebody who's making plays outside the pocket. Sam Darnold has a guy, uh, has the knack for the spectacular in a sense, where that jump pass he made against Texas. Does Sam Darnold work in the modern offense? Where, where, where are his setbacks as a quarterback on the field? Uh, his biggest issue right now is uh, turnovers and, and his footwork. Um, you watch him. Uh, for example, you take him and Rosen. If you had a eight-year-old son and you were, you wanted him to be a quarterback, you would take him in a room, show him Sam Darnold, and say, "See what he's doing? Don't do anything like that." <laughs> and then you would watch Josh Rosen and say, "Do exactly what he's doing on every play because he's just mechanically flawless." And while Donald might not have that technician part, he hits windows that shouldn't be hit, and he does it pretty consistently, and it's amazing. Because he's he's very tough in the pocket. You you mentioned how he, he he scampers around. A lot of them are broken plays. He he can stand the pocket and make a throw that you wouldn't even think of throwing. And he kind of reminds me of Matt Stafford in a way where I like that. He's gonna be a little risky, and you're gonna have to live with it because he's gonna make those wow plays. And he's very big on giving his receivers a chance. So if you put him in a, in an offense where he's got a, you know guys like Terrell Pryor and, and and Robbie Anderson and um, you know the bunch of other guys that got there, he's going to give them a chance to make a play, and he's going to give them a chance to be the best they can be. Whereas Rosen's more surgical, and he's going to work within the confines of an offense. And he may not need the big body talent at wide receiver. He may just need a, a more consistent receiver. Right. He needs guys that are going to be precise and be where they have to be at at a certain point. They're going to be because that's where the ball's going to be. Right. And I mean, it's it's all about scheme fit. I think they're both great in their own ways. But if you watch Donald, the things he does, it's like, wow, I can't believe he does that. But then he'll also, like, miss little things or, you know, I, I've read that he's not as sharp mentally. Uh, I know for one that the Browns coaches thought he bombed his interview. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because, I mean, he's very raw. He played linebacker in high school until his senior year, and then he got hurt or something. So he hasn't played a lot of quarterback, which is why I think he should have stayed a year. That's why I think it needs a year. Um, so you got to question his ability to retain information. Um, so, but that, that's nothing we can judge. We didn't meet these guys. We didn't sit in a room and put plays on a chalkboard, but absolutely to go back to Mayfield, I haven't, I, everything I've read is that he's blown people away. Um, Joe Klatt is big on that. Joe Klatt says when you meet this guy, it, it, it ascends to the next level for him. It ascends to the point where you, you know, he has whatever that it factor is. He has it. And for these other guys, there's been more mixed reviews on him. Right. And Mayfield, I know for a fact that in his uh, private workout with the Browns, um, they were trying to fool him, and he was calling them out on it. Like, he's just – I think he's ahead of – but he's also 23. Right. Which, because, which which for a lot of prospects – we were talking about Calvin Ridley earlier. could be a setback. You said Calvin Ridley – you know he's 24. That can be a negative. For a quarterback – what? That doesn't really matter, Experience right? Experience is better as you a You want your guy to be a, a year or two older, right. almost. Now, you look at a guy like Deshaun Kaiser, right? Yeah. Who flashed in college. And I think, personally, I would take him over Allen. Okay. Because I could show you games of Kaiser. If you go watch Kaiser's game versus Texas, his uh, last year in college, he looked like he should have been the first overall pick. 
There's not that moment for Allen. No, no. There, hold on. There's that moment, as in one or two plays on a field. Right. But there's not that game. There's for no. Allen. There's no like game where you watch him and you're like, oh wow, that that's got to be the guy. What a game! Right yeah. now, Deshaun Kaiser came out early, mm-hmm. which he shouldn't have, and his coach said he shouldn't have. And then he was forced into the Browns on a team that won one game the year before. And then his best offensive lineman goes down week six. And he was throwing to Bryce Treggs, Ricardo Lewis, and Cason Williams. Sheesh. Do you know any of those guys? Zero. Right. <laughs> right. So he's kind of made it into a scapegoat. But that that's what can happen to a young guy at 21. He was the third youngest quarterback ever to start a game. Wow. And that's what can happen when you don't have that experience. So a guy like Donald, who's going to be 20 on draft night, and only played two years. You have a guy who, who Mayfield, who was a redshirt senior, who played four years in college and you know started forty-eight games to Donald's twenty-four or twenty-five, whatever he started. Those reps matter because those mistakes you make in college, you can do it in college. In the NFL, you get benched. Yeah. So that growth and that development, and to go off of uh, Mayfield, what you're saying, how all of his pay- plays were outside the pocket or whatever. If you watch him from year to year. He got more comfortable in the pocket, more comfortable in the pocket. And you don't have that luxury in the NFL. So all the experience you have in college is more beneficial. And that's why um, I think Bill Parcells had that like criteria for quarterbacks. And one of them was 33 starts. Right. Only one quarterback in this, well, one of the top four has 33 starts. And that's Mayfield. Right. He has 48. Yeah. And then the next one would be Lamar Jackson, I presume. Right. I, I believe so. Yeah. But you look at, I mean, Rosen had his injury issues, but Rosen's also been prepped to be a quarterback his whole life. Yeah. So he's kind of ahead of the curve that way. Once he's, he gave up tennis, it was like, I'm, a, I'm, right. I'm an NFL quarterback. He's been he's been told that for many a years now. He's number one guy out of high school, all that. All right, so real quick, I just want top-line thoughts on this before we move on to the these other guys in the NFL draft. Who are the rip-your-hair-out picks for the Giants and the Jets? Who are the guys that if the Giants pick him at number two or the Jets at number three where you go, oh, my goodness. How did that happen? Well... For me, the Giants would be probably Barkley. I mean, it goes back to Zeke. Like, Zeke wasn't a bad pick. He was a good pick. He wasn't the most optimal pick. And in the NFL, it's all about optimizing value. So when you're picking a guy, too, you might get a stud running back like a Zeke, but you're also passing on a stud corner or a stud safety or lineman or linebacker who might end up over the length of his career being the better player. And guys like Jalen Ramsey or Lattimore, like you lo- you loved Lattimore last year going into the draft, guys like that who may not have the uh, statistical impact that you see with Zeke have had the impacts on their teams, Ramsey with the Jaguars, Lattimore with the Saints. They've had their impact felt, and last year when those teams were making runs into the playoffs, the Saints' run wasn't even about Drew Brees. The, the Jaguars' run was about how bad Blake Bortles was. Yeah, it was Alvin Kamara in, in the late-round pick. I mean, the Jaguars' success was about winning in spite of Blake Bortles. And there was hype around Jalen Ramsey and Lattimore being these amazing young defensive players. So that's where it falls. So what about the Jets? What's the Jets' hair out pick? Um, I think just Josh Allen scares it ha- me. It has to be Allen. Because right? I agree. The issue with the Jets as a, as opposed to the Browns, because um, I don't think McCown's really that reliable. I mean, I think he's a great player, and when he's healthy, he, he he's a capable quarterback. But he hasn't had that durability. He hasn't had that where he – like Tyrod can – Go nine and seven next year, and I don't think it would shock anyone. Right, and he'll keep or at you least in games, if, or at least if he goes six and ten, right. seven and nine, even right. five and eleven, that's a big increase for the Browns. Yeah, but and it, it's not even that because those even if he has eleven losses, that I guarantee none of them. Like I guarantee maybe eight of them won't be blowouts. Right, because he's going to keep you in games. He's going to keep you competitive. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Right, whereas a guy like McCown, 
when you know they go five and eleven with McCown like that you you're not keeping your number one pick on the bench to watch Josh McCown play right or Teddy Bridgewater who knows if he's even healthy because why would Minnesota let him walk out the door um so I mean with Allen and that's what scares me with Cleveland and the Jets specifically is you can't rush him. And if you do, you're going to make a, a, a fatal mistake like the Browns did with Kaiser last year, where I think if they would have sat him. Or what if Kaiser went back to Notre Dame last year and went 10-2 and two and played in a bowl game? Where would he be in this class? Mm. That's a really good question. It really is. And that's the same thing with Darnold, though. If Darnold stays this year in college and then either gets hurt or has another another you know, flatline season where he doesn't have a big increase in, in uh, production, he might drop. But right now, he's a top-four guy. You don't know how bad I wish Josh Allen came out last year and Sam Darnold stayed in school. That's, yeah. like, my dream situation. Like, if Josh Allen would have came out last year and somebody would else would have picked him and then Darnold would have stayed in school, we'd be sitting here talking Mayfield Rosen and I'd be smiling the whole damn time. <laughs> All right, well, Josh Rosen is going to come back up in conversation now when we go 4 through 8 or 4 through 10, whatever we do now. But Sports Blog New York Podcast, Pete and Kevin Kennedy, not related, but we might as well be at this point. Uh, we're talking NFL draft. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed. If you do, don't forget to just leave a little rating and review. You know, it's really easy. Click on your iTunes, your Apple Podcast app. Five stars, boom. Click it. Submit. How you doing? And then, you, if you have any thoughts, you drop those in there too. We, we much appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to what we have to say. So thank you so much for tuning in. But now onto the fourth pick. It's a guy who I don't know much about, and I presume most people don't know much about. But he's a guy you really like. A guy you think doesn't get the hype. Probably for a reason that he's just not a flashy name. He's not making more clicks on the ESPN mock draft on Twitter. He, he's not he's not moving the needle a lot. But you love this guy. Who is he? Harold Landry, defensive end from Boston College. You know who else wasn't getting a lot of clicks or or making a lot of people jittery? Khalil Mack. Ooh. Well, were people saying, I got to have Khalil Mack, I got to have Khalil Mack. Was, not until he was drafted. Right. Not until he was actually drafted right. and, like, and then oh, played. Oh, this oh, guy's shit, a stud. That, that, guy can, that guy can play. Um. And then you watch, you watch Harold Landry. He's from uh, Boston College. He plays in AC, ACC. He plays good competition, but he's on Boston College. Right, so no one really cares. Right, and it's similar to Miles Garrett in a way where it's like, all right, you're looking at Texas A&M, you're looking at Boston College. Um, let's not let Miles Garrett and Harold Landry beat us, and let's make the other guys beat us because they don't have other guys. And where some people might say, oh, like Chubb's the obvious pick. If they pick Chubb, I'd be thrilled. I think Chubb's terrific. But... I don't want to turn this into a Browns podcast because uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone wants that. We're halfway there. Right. <laughs> but um, the Browns drafted a uh, defensive end uh, 2016, 33rd overall. They took this guy, Emmanuel Arba. He's a very, very good player. Um, he's probably a Pro Bowl caliber player. He's one of the best run-stopping defensive ends. He holds contain, you know, as good as anyone in the league. Um, another guy he's not flashy, doesn't get the clicks, but he's very good at what he does. You don't have the sack numbers. Right. That's not his job. That's not his role. Right. And to me, I'm not saying that uh, Chubb's not going to be better than him, but he's very similar to Chubb in skill set. Neither of them are dynamic pass rushers. Chubb is more of a complete player. He He's more physical. He holds the edge. But he doesn't have that bending speed off the edge where he's going to run right past this guy. He's more of a technician. He's like closer to like a uh, – I guess like a Bosa. He's not Garrett. Like, so – like Garrett's a freak, right? They, they they don't make it. They make guys like that in labs somewhere. <laughs> MJPP, LeBron James, Calvin Johnson—they're all made somewhere. They're not really human. So the Browns run a four-three, and um, Jet fans will know because they saw it firsthand last year. They love to bump Miles Garrett inside. 
on pass rushing downs. They love to put him in it because they run a 4-3, so he's in a three technique over a guard mm-hmm. because he's one of the few guys in the league that's big enough and strong enough to manhandle guards, but he's also way too fast for them. So you put him on the inside on stunts, he's basically unstoppable. So now if you have a guy like Chubb, now you put Chubb next to him or whatever. Um, now you have Chubb and Agba holding the edge. That's perfectly fine. I don't think anyone complained about that. But this guy, Harold Landry, has elite speed off the line. His three-cone drill was awesome. He's got the burst that Chubb will never have. So when I look at it from Brown's point of view, um, well, a lot of people don't know. Harold Landry is going to be a top-ten pick, mm-hmm. and he might be a name that when he goes top-ten, people are going to be like, oh. Wait, who's that guy? Right. But he's, <laughs> he's, his tape from 2016 was better than anything Bradley Chubb's ever done, and you can go watch it. There's, he graded higher on pro football focus, if that means anything to you guys. <laughs> but he's got that bend that not a lot of people have. So if you have Garrett inside and then you have Landry flying off the edge next to him, quarterback's going to have nowhere to go but to the other side where you have Agba holding contain. Right. So that's basically a nightmare for quarterbacks. And So th- this sounds like it could be a little bit of a Browns insider pick for you. But, I mean, I like learning about this guy, Harold Landry. You're going to be hearing his name get called early in the NFL draft. Who knows? Maybe even F4 where everyone thought it's either going to be so. Everyone thought it was either going to be Barkley. Everyone thought it was going to be Chubb. Maybe Nelson. It, 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 it could be Chubb. It probably will be Chubb. Right. Um, I don't think you're wrong with him or Landry. I just think for what they're doing, I think Landry would be the better player. Very interesting. Fit. All right, let's keep this thing moving, though. Denver Broncos at five. They have basically stated that that pick is open for sale, right? They're ready to trade if they want, but they very well may stay. They may take one of those quarterback leftovers if someone's still there. Josh Rosen is still on our board. Like I said, he's going to pop back up any moment. Who do you have going number five? This prospect, for me, is like super intriguing for the Giants. For a lot of teams, anyone would be happy to have him. We talked about him earlier. Who is he? Quentin Nelson, a guard from Notre Dame, and this is simply best player available. Um, I think they just cut C.J. Anderson, right? Yes, correct. Um, well, they've had offensive line issues for a while. So you get a guy like this, you plug him in at left guard, you don't have to worry about it for the next 10 years. Yeah. He's that type of player. So. Um, you get him like you know, like guys like Brandon Sheriff, like you know, they're not like the sexy pick, but they just dominant. So just take the best player and move on. Yeah, a lot of people have called him one of the least, uh, or he has the the lowest bust potential in the draft. You, do you like that? Bust. He's yeah. not gonna bust. No way he busts. I like that. All right, moving moving forward, the Indianapolis Colts, another team now who are open for business. The Dolphins, the Cardinals, any of these teams that you can think of that you're not sure about their quarterback can slide in and take Josh Rosen here. Indianapolis Colts, who do you have them having? Bradley Chubb, defensive okay. end. Love that. Yeah. Um, what, what do the Colts need? You know, they, they have a quarterback. Everything? They need everything. So, at that point, you take a dynamic player who is going to help your defense. Bradley Chubb seems like a no-brainer if he's right. there. And, it, and I think. And he, honestly, wait, if Chubb goes to four to the Browns, Landry seems like a good fit for them, too. Yeah, but they can go really with whatever player that have highest rate on their board, whether it's Chubb, whether it's it could be Mika Fitzpatrick, Thurman James. They could literally take anyone here. They can move the pick. And um, in this specific mock, with the way the picks fall, I think I think they were kind of targeting Chubb at three. Um, and I think there's a chance he's, he lands there in their lap at six. Um, I mean, it would be a little bit shocking if he did fall out of the top five, but. In this draft, I have him going there, and I think it's a dream situation for them because they get the trade back and they still get a player who could have been the highest-rated player on their board. Right. Some people do say this about Bradley Chubb, that if he was in the draft last year, I don't know how much I buy into it, but people have been saying if he was in the draft last year, he could have been a better prospect than Miles Garrett. So no. that, that <laughs> I know I would get a reaction I'll from put him there. right next to Garrett, and then we could have some fun. But yeah, he doesn't He doesn't do what Garrett – nobody does what Garrett does. Guy is a freak. But Colts, likely team who could be open for business there too. Um 
they they need to stockpile talent, and maybe drafting the top ten isn't the best way if you can trade down and get multiple picks. So the Colts are definitely a trade candidate there. Who do you have going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who also have loads of needs? You know, they have their quarterback probably, James Winston. You know, is uh, we're waiting for that 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 uh that spark season for him to really turn it up. But what do you see the Bucks doing here? Uh, I have them picking Barkley. I found it as interesting placement for you to drop Barkley in at seven there because I can't he can't fall that far. So someone's gonna pick him, and I think that um, with the, what they're doing in, uh, you know, in, in Tampa, I think he'd be a great fit with Evans, and you know, that's just another another tool, and with OJ Howard and Breit and Deshaun Jackson, you know, that's a dangerous offense, and it's, it's almost impossible for Winston to fail at that point. And uh, I think I think Barkley's terrific. I uh, just don't personally, I don't hold the value of running backs that high. So what are Barkley's flaws? What are the 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 setbacks that he can experience in the NFL? Um. He's 230 pounds, but he plays like he's 205. Okay. He's not nearly as physical as he should be. He's a home run hitter. He he kind of runs like LaShawn McCoy. All right. Even though he's far bigger. Um, so he's going to have those splash plays where he busts out ridiculous runs because he's just bigger, faster, and stronger than a lot of people. But he's also going to have a lot of negative plays. And if you watch Ohio State game, oh yeah, you saw what happens. A little bit he, of an exposure yeah, there. When he, gets, when he doesn't have, you know, he tries to bounce a lot of things outside. So... Um, but I mean, you, you're kind of nitpicking with him. Um, you, you're gonna you're gonna live with his you know couple negative runs when he's busting off 80 yard runs. But um, I, I like more physical backs personally. I would probably take Geis over him personally. Very interesting. That that could be uh, in the Twitter realm be deemed a hot take, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he. Geis just runs angry. Like he is extremely physical. You like, said Barkley plays less physical than his size. Geis plays more physical than his size, and he has big size. Like he's huge, and he still plays so physical. He's, like he like Barkley would rather run like around you and like make you look stupid. Like Darius Geis wants to run you over, and he wants your mother to feel it. Like he's just a <laughs> nasty individual, and um, that's my preferred style of running back. Um, but I also look at everything through Brown's lens. Um, Barkley does a lot of things Duke Johnson does. Right. So A lot of pass catching, which right. is huge in today's right. NFL. Right, no, it's, it's, it's not a flaw. I yeah, just, yeah. I, if I'm going to take a running back that high, I want it to be someone who doesn't do what arguably their best playmaker does do. Right, you, and honestly. You're going to take snaps away from him. A Duke Johnson type, right? So, say you have Geis, there's a real strong chance you have this secondary running back because every team has multiple running backs at this point. You take Geis, it becomes a thunder and lightning situation where you have a guys and then you have a Duke Johnson type. You have um, you know, pick any yeah, running back Ingram, from the Patriots. Kamara, yeah, <laughs> you look at all the teams; they operate with multiple. Deion Lewis, backs. you yeah. know those those types of guys are a yeah, little the bit. Eagles too. They those guys those exist guys. more, you know. So a guy like Geis doesn't exist very often. Where he's just he's extremely dude. physical, he's a still has dude. the speed, has the power. He's gonna drop. He reminds uh, me of uh, like like a cross between Peterson and Jamal Lewis. Like he's just oh yeah yeah. He's just a net. throwback name for the boys. Yeah, but he's just like he's not as big as Lewis. He's probably faster than Lewis. Um, he's not as he doesn't have that burst that Peterson does. But he's just so violent, and he just doesn't go down. He's he's like he's like a like if you could take Ray Rice and just make him big and fast. That's what I think guys is, and he's a lot better pass guy than people people give him credit for because LSU's offense was awful. LSU's offense is like oh my god. There it might as well be a peewee offense, the way they run stuff. Uh, it's incredible. All right, moving on to Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are another team with a bunch of needs. They're going to go best player. They have Trubisky. They just uh, signed some receiver talent, if I'm not mistaken. It was Allen Robinson yes. from the Jaguars. 
they're probably going defense. And the guy you have listed is a guy whose stock has really risen, and people look at him as an absolute stud. Who do you got? Uh, Denzel Ward is a cornerback from Ohio State. Um, the best term I've heard for him, and I forgot where I heard it, um, he's a mosquito because he's smaller than you would like, but he's lightning fast. He has elite speed. He can run with anyone, and he's just all over you all game, and he's annoying. Um, so while he's not as big as people would like, he's just – and he's he can hit for a little guy. He can hit. I mean, well, he's five eleven. You know, a buck eighty five. He'll probably get some NFL weight once he gets into an NFL system. But right. he's just all over the place. And to be honest, he's biting it, ankles. Yeah, it just wouldn't sh- it wouldn't shock me if he went four. Honestly, right. Yeah, he's uh, been. Yeah, his he, stock has he's been. That, he's that good. Moving. Um, he he's very, he's very similar to Lattimore. He's more athletic than Lattimore, but he's just he's just annoying to deal with. And you, if he's covering you, it's like a, he's a mosquito. He's gonna be all over. He's gonna be biting at you. You know and if he gives a chance, he's gonna he's gonna lay the wood on you too, and he's got terrific ball skills, and I think he's great. I uh, I could see him going higher than this. Denzel Ward could be one of those guys, Jalen Rams- Ramsey s that you all of a sudden his team's in the playoff hunt or making real noise, and, and you look at him as a reason why just holding down the corner position. I I saw Greg Cosell again say about corners specifically saying, in the way the the NFL offense offenses work, there's three receivers, there's a running back, there's a tight end. And when you have three receivers on the field and a tight end who's likely a pass catcher as well, there's always room for talented corners. And there's going to be a couple more going in the next couple picks. But a linebacker you have next going to the number nine spot, San Francisco 49ers, is a guy we've heard a lot about. Is this an extreme talent? What do you like about Tremaine Edwards? I mean, Edmonds, sorry. Um, well, he's 19. Sheesh. 19. Okay, so he's 19. He's 6'5 and 253 pounds. He ran Specimen. A, he ran a four five as a linebacker. He's a freak, and he's a baby, like he's literally like a puppy. So you can mold him into whatever you want, and he's he's all over the place. He had elite production. Um, he's a terrific player, and anyone that's he could do a number of things for you. He can. Um, he's like a bigger Jamie Collins, so I, I think he's a he's a. I think he's gonna be a great player wherever he goes, and you know he, he's a guy. What do you think his ceiling is? Like, can he give, he could be picked five, right? Like he could be picked higher. Yeah, he, than that. he's great. And um, now with the San Francisco 49ers with all the issues they have with Ruben Foster, I think that now they could look to address linebacker high, whether it's him or Smith. Um, I prefer Edmonds, but Smith's also terrific. I think I think Smith's a little bit smaller. So, I mean, he's not much bigger than Landon Collins. Landon Collins is a safety. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think Edmonds would be a stud. And now moving forward, because I want to run through some more of these picks so we can get back to. Uh, some other big conversation that I want to have before we say goodbye here. Uh, who do you like next, rounding out the top ten? Um, the Oakland Raiders, I had taken Josh Jackson, cornerback. Uh, he's got terrific ball skills. He was a wide receiver when he got there. Um, he, you watch his highlights. It looks like he's a wide receiver sometimes, the way he runs these routes for these guys and makes ridiculous interceptions. And then at number 11, I have the Miami Dolphins going with Derwin James, safety from Florida State. He's another guy who was probably constructed somewhere because he's an absolute freak. If you look at his freshman year highlights with Jalen Ramsey on the field, he was the best player on the field. And uh, that's something to say. Right, and he had his injury issue last year. I think it was a meniscus, so he should be fine now. But he's just – he can do everything for you. He can cover in the slot. He can probably bounce him outside and select packages. He can blitz him. He can play him deep. He's just – he's more he's more physically gifted than uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and I think you can use him in more ways. Um, but yeah, I think he he would be a, a great fit for the Raiders and what they're with the, um, I mean, the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Sorry. Yeah, but no. Talking um, about the Dolphins, though, I'm glad we're at the Dolphins now because they're a candidate to trade up for a quarterback. They're also a candidate to grab one of the quarterbacks left over if there is one. And right now, we haven't had Josh Rosen come off the board yet. 
and I want to reiterate, that is because you think there's a team trading up in the 4 to 12 range to get Josh Rosen. The Dolphins, obviously if he's there at 11, they're going to take him. What are the odds a team like the Dolphins trade up for Rosen? Uh, I don't know if Rosen is their ideal type of quarterback. Mm, I know why not? I, I know, know they, lo- they love Baker. They love Mayfield. I hope they don't have a chance to get him. But, um, I mean, you look at uh, Mayfield. Mayfield's very close to Tannehill. Yeah. Think uh, about kinda. it. He's what people, like, Mayfield's what people wanted Tannehill to be, I think. And um, I just think that uh, Rosen, he's more of a typical dropback guy, whereas Miami's more, you know, West Coast type system. So, um, I think, uh, personally, I think Arizona would be a great fit for Rosen. Mm. So, um We'll go to we'll go. To, you want to go on Rosen? Yeah, no, go? no. Let's keep let's keep going because I, I will get to, we'll get to Rosen. We're gonna we're gonna talk about him. Right. I have I have something to say about him a little bit later. So you you said Derwin James was your last pick, and that leaves us at the Giants, who would have in your scenario, which is a very likely one you hear all the time. They trade with the Buffalo Bills, which would give the Giants a 12 pick in all likelihood. And there's somebody on the board here who has been rumored to be as high as a fourth pick overall, sixth pick, fifth pick. Who the hell knows? Maybe even two or three if these quarterbacks weren't running this draft. Minka Fitzpatrick, who you just mentioned from Alabama, putting him next to Landon Collins. Do you think that just creates a dynamic defense? That I think that's that's the dream situation for them because I don't think Landon Collins like Landon Collins is terrific, but I don't think he's very great in coverage. Mm-mm. So if that you, is not his strong suit, right? So if you have a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick who can roam that center field like a like a madman, you can let Landon Collins do what Landon Collins does, and he won't have to worry about coverage because Fitzpatrick will take care of all that stuff. And like um, Landon Collins is more of a ball hawk in the sense of ball carrier. He's a ball carrier hawk. Minka Fitzpatrick's a ball hawk with balls in the air. And he's also a ball carrier hawk. He does everything. Yeah. He's not as physically gifted as James, so I think teams will like James upside more than him, and that's why I could see James going first. Even though Minka has all the instincts and all the intangibles you look for, he didn't test as well as, as James did. So, um, yeah, I think I think if they can land Minka Fitzpatrick, that would be a huge jump to the secondary, which took their hits over there. Last year, you know, so you ain't got to remind yeah. me, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if they can land Minka with Collins and Jenkins, and hopefully Eli Apple can do something. Um, yeah, I think that that would be a, their ideal pick or my ideal pick for them, and I I think that's a nasty duo, and hopefully they lock up Collins soon. If Collins and Fitzpatrick are ro- roaming the New York Giants secondary, that would be an amazing Jersey sight. Jersey boy too. I love that. I love all of that. I love every part of that pick right there for the Giants if they end up in 12 after trading for the Buffalo Bills. If it's the Bills, though, say the Giants take Rosen or Darnold or something like that, what would be what would be that pick? You still think Minkus falls to that range if uh, the Bills are there? I don't know what the it's Bills. T- it's tough to say, right? At that point, the Bills might give up. If they can't get up and get their quarterback, they might just call it a night and just put on the auto pick and let, <laughs> let the computer do the work. <laughs> let assistant GM finish the draft, yes. <laughs> All right, moving forward, next pick, you have a running back going to the Redskins, Darius Geis. You talked about him, so let's give another top-line thought on Geis. Um, well, if you look at Alex Smith, he's always he, he needs a dynamic running game to get going, so I think Geis could be that guy for them. I, I'm pretty sure they like him from what I've read, um, and I just think he's a terrific player, and that division's tough. they got a lot of tough defenses, so... Um, the only way to beat the Eagles is by smacking them in the mouth, and I think he's the guy that can do that. Next is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, a lot of people, just based off of a natural thought, would think the Green Bay Packers should probably go for a wide receiver. You know, they just got rid of Jordy Nelson. There's not a ton of talent out there outside of Devonta Adams um, for, for Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball to. You may think they're going wide receiver, but you have them going defensive, which is also a big need for them. What do you like for the Packers, 14? Oh, Aaron Rodgers can make me a 1,000-yard receiver. I, I, don't <laughs> think, I don't think you really need to get that guy weapons. You could 
pick two guys later, you take them off the street, take them out of the CFL, whatever you want to do. You can literally just take a, another position, make him uh, an offensive yeah. player. Uh, uh, shout, out to, back. shout out to Ty Montgomery. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have them going with uh, Rokon Smith. I think their defense has been lacking. They might go secondary, but um, right now with the way the, the board's been falling, I mean, maybe they could go Jair Alexander, who I think is awesome. Um, but, you know, I think I think Smith would give them that, that tone setter in the middle of the defense. He could do a little bit of everything. Um, he's slightly undersized, but that's kind of the way linebackers are going. I mean, Shazier may – I hope everything's all right with him, but he was also a little bit undersized, and he, he was terrific. So I think Roquan Smith could be a, a dynamic player for them in the middle of the defense. Roquan Smith, part of that Georgia team that gave your boy Baker Mayfield a whole lot of fits in that one matchup they had. Oh wow, forty-eight points. He was he was furious. Was I mean that was that was not his easiest game, no. No, no, he he struggled, and also if you look at that game, he struggled in the third quarter tremendously. They made a lot of adjustments, right? But then he adjusted in the fourth quarter and got him right back in it. Um, but I mean, like, they go back to like Allen, like. You pick on Baker Mayfield's bad game, which was a, a semifinal game where he put up 48 points against yeah. a team that lost to Alabama in the championship. Like, oh, oh you only threw it for 280 and, and, yards yeah, and, right. and three touchdowns. It like, is really. And caught the touchdown. Like, that's such a good point. It's like making fun of LeBron James for losing to the Warriors. It's like, oh, that's oh. the best team of all time, actually. All right. <laughs> another another thing is, like, you were talking about earlier and when you saw LeBron James, it made me think of it. Um, Like, people always make fun of LeBron James because he's not Kobe. He's not Michael. And, like, Kobe and Michael are kind of like dickheads of people. Like, they're not nice oh, people. Yeah. And they, neither, they, neither they, were, is... they wanted it so bad, people hated them. Right. People <laughs> like hate them. they teammates. But, but now they're, they're mad at LeBron because he's the nice guy. Or at least tries to be. Pretend, right. Pretends to be. Right, but he's not like, he's not a he's not a jerk human being. Like, you know, like, Michael and, like, you wouldn't want to hang out with Michael and Kobe. They're not nice people. You would like to hang out with LeBron James, a nice guy. But that gets held against them. And then, yet again, Baker Mayfield is that bad boy and... People hold that against them. So it's like, you just take it. People don't know what they want, right, man. People right. don't know. <laughs> right. People just hate a guy because they hate a guy. And there's nothing you can say or do that make them change their mind. Uh, another guy people hate for sometimes and seemingly no reason, from my perspective, is Josh Rosen. So that brings us back to him. I kept saying we're going to get back to him. This is the time. You have the Arizona Cardinals picking Josh Rosen. It's kind of semantics because we don't think he's going to fall to 15. We don't think that's likely at all. But Josh Rosen, you think he's a great fit for Arizona. I want to say this, and I'll let you take the floor from here. All the people who I trust the most, scouts, writers, coaches, guys on TV, whatever the hell you want, all these people, when they talk about Josh Rosen, they say his on-the-field mechanics are insane. His 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 ball is flawless. He knows what to do. He's a smart guy. He's this, he's that. But does he like football? Does he want to be a quarterback? Is, is he too political? And all this crap comes in, and it sounds like a lot of outside noise that is nitpicky and super unfair to a guy who for all intents and purposes has proven to be super tough on the field because he stays in there and takes hits on throws. He, he And everybody and their mother says how talented he is as a quarterback on the NFL football field. Well, not the NFL, on the college football field and hopefully NFL football field. Why does this guy get such a bad rap? It blows my mind. He has now rocketed to my favorite quarterback in this draft almost solely because I think he gets all this unwarranted criticism about stuff people have no idea about that they make up, they pick something out. It's just like Baker Mayfield. You take you take one thing Josh Rosen does, now you hate him forever. And all these people seem to hate him forever, yet they can't pick out a flaw in his game. Why is he falling? Well, every time people talk about Josh Rosen, like the best pure passer in the draft, Josh Rosen, and then they'll be like, well, yeah, but Josh Allen's got to go number one because he can throw it 80 yards. But like, People like Josh Rosen, like he does everything perfect. He's you know he throws a perfect ball. He's got a good arm. 
he's got a well probably above average arm. He can make all the throws. He makes them on time. Makes them accurate. Um, you know he, he he's tough. He's gritty. His someone said his teammates don't like him. That's a lie. Um, his teammates absolutely love him. That's he, another thing that people heard right one time right and latched onto and a bunch of talking heads double down on it and say oh. His teammates don't love him. Look at that play. They're not. They're not. Uh, he's not tr- celebrating with his teammates. But they picked out one clip of a clip where he threw four touchdowns in a game, and they, uh, you know, he celebrated with the teammate on a really touchdown. Just one. You're picking out one thing. I think it's unfair. Is there a chance we look back on this draft? Because this is what I'm going with at the moment. This is my. This is my take right now. We're gonna look back at this draft. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Those three guys can all be good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks. One might be a bust. Two might be a bust. I'm saying Josh Rosen is going to be the best, most successful quarterback in this draft, and I think falling can only help him in a way. Yeah, he'll probably go to a better team because of it, and um, you're not going to get a rebuttal from me. I, I love Josh Rosen. Him and Mayfield are my one-on-one A's. Um, but you look at like Mayfield and Rosen, and like we're going to look back, and we're going to be like, we really knocked them for that. Like The guy tweeted about Trump, so you're not going to pick him? Like Really? Like Everyone tweets about Trump. My next-door neighbor tweets about Trump. <laughs> Is he going to lose his job? So um, I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Cardinals and what they want to do on offense. Um, so if they can get him somehow, if he falls to their laps at 15, that'd be a dream situation for them. But I, I bet you they try and make a move for him if they can, unless the Bills take him. So um, I think that if, if if he can get to Arizona, I think that, that'd be an ideal spot for them because I think they went like, what, they go 8-8 eight eight last year mm-hmm. with, with uh, Blaine Gabbert. Drew Stanton? Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell knows? So, Josh Rosen, you put him as a clear top two quarterback in this draft? Yeah, without doubt. It, uh, if they took him one, I'd be jumping up and down like a little girl. Really? Yeah. I For some reason, him and Cleveland don't seem to be a match for me. It's just like, no offense. I just don't think Cleveland and Josh Rosen are a match made in heaven. I don't think he wants to be in Cleveland. I think I think he strategically had pushed himself away from Cleveland. I mean, he, he could have, but um, I know that the coaching staff loves him. Hugh Jackson's a big California guy. Yeah. So, um... I know that they like him, and he's kind of their prototypical quarterback from a f- what he does on the field. Um, but they did bring in a new GM and stuff, so he's going to have his own little um, you know, credentials of what he wants. Um, but I think he's awesome. I, I, it's hard to – like it's like Barkley to me. It's like, like nitpicking. Right. Um, he's very similar to Goff, but he has far more on, arm talent than Goff. And um, I, I would take him over Goff tomorrow. So Absolutely. Uh, very interesting. I think Josh Rosen is going to be – and going to end up being a steal in this draft somehow, even though he's been the number one rated quarterback for a long time. To the most boring pick of the draft, <laughs> the most boring surefire pick in the draft. You have the Ravens taking an interior defensive lineman. What do you think about Vita V? Um, Just like well, quick, quick, because like uh, no he's one cares. massive and he's scary athletic. Um, I remember Danny Shelton came out a couple of years ago and they thought he was going to be like this great player. He was very good at what he did, but he doesn't have uh, the pass rushing abilities that uh, Vita Vea has. And I think that. You know, just the Baltimore Ravens beefing up that front seven. What else is new? I just think uh, Vita V is the type of guy who gets drafted, and you're like, oh, that's a huge interior defensive lineman who's probably going to be very good for a long time. Like, okay, move on. Yeah. Like, like no like, one's – Like, like no holding Like, it's like, all right, holding Nada, you're just going to dominate. See you later. Fletcher Cox, that type of guy. Yeah. Like, you know. It's like, thank you. All right. Do you have anything else that's uh, fun and exciting? No? All right. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, all right. He, he does the dirty work. It's, he's like an offensive lineman. He's not flashy, but he does the things that nobody else wants to do so everyone else can make plays and get the the – the, you know, the shiny dances and whatnot. And his name will be called for sure in the first round of the NFL draft. Another guy who we think's name is going to be called in the first round of the NFL draft. I'm, like, pretty confident and will be. But there's a chance he may slip. He's a quarterback. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's Lamar Jackson. What do you make of Lamar Jackson, NFL quarterback prospect? Stud. I stud. Think, I, think he's a, I think he's a stud. You think he's a stud. If I love they, it. If the Browns took him one, 
I would be so happy because that's insane though. They, you know that, they, right? Yeah, but why don't? Why would you take him? Bef- why wouldn't you take him over Allen? I would. He's my fourth ranked quarterback. Yeah, I have him. Personally. I have him neck and neck with Donald personally because, um, like a lot of people say a lot of things about like Allen and making excuses for him and like. No matter what happens, Lamar Jackson is going to be a dynamic runner in the NFL. He's going to get in the end zone one way or the other. That's his floor. Right. Like, he's dynamic with the ball in his hands, throwing it. He's got a laser arm. Um, he's more accurate than people give him credit for. But like Allen, he needs some needs some footwork help. Um, his team was the worst out of all of the quarterback's teams. He had the most drop. He had 12% of his uh, attempts were dropped. That's insane. That's um, an insane number. Rosen was, I believe, 10. Mayfield was 8. Um, and then I think Allen was like six and Donald was like five. Wow. So it just shows you, but like, don't like Donald's thing is like, he throws catchable balls. Like he lets his guys make the plays. Whereas like everyone says, like, Oh, Wyoming, they can't catch. Well, it's like the guy's not throwing away. It has to be. So and they also had some receivers go to the league after uh, Allen's uh, junior year, by the way. Uh, so Lamar Jackson for me is super interesting. He had this like little hype window where it was like, Oh, he needs to be a wide receiver in the league. And that's insane. Because if this guy goes to the league, fails at quarterback, like completely fails, falls on his face, he can't do it. All right, let's see if this guy can play wide receiver. He's a talent. He needs to be on an NFL football field. I get that. But he's a quarterback. And and he made a decision after he won the Heisman, similar to Deshaun Watson. I know it's like an easy comp, but I like it for this reason exactly. Deshaun Watson was always labeled dual-threat quarterback, dual-threat quarterback, dual-threat. Lamar Jackson got that label after he won the Heisman, electrified the nation. And he came back and said, I don't want to run as much. I want to show people I'm a quarterback. I want to throw. I want to stay in the pocket. And he did that. And it may have hurt his college team a little bit, but it really should have helped him. And I feel like it didn't help him the way he expected or the way it should have. I mean, this guy has touch down the field. This guy can throw from inside the pocket and move inside the pocket. Why is this guy still getting so much like lack of love? For lack of better terms. I got a couple stats for you um, from Pro Football Focus that uh, Josh Norris pointed out. Uh, Josh Norris is a great follow on Twitter. People love draft stuff. All right. So, Lamar Jackson had 232 carries this year. That's a lot of carries. Right. Only 50 of those, so 22%, were scrambles. So, the other ones were designed. Right. And so, you put that into his 430 pass attempts. You add those, you know... You know, 50 carries, uh, 50 uh, scrambles. So that's technically 480 dropbacks in 13 games. That's less than four scrambles on 37 dropbacks a game. Which basically means he does that as a last resort. The guy doesn't run. He throws. But you watch his film and it's like, holy shit. When he when he does run, though. (laughs) And that's what's, how do you stop that? You can't spy him. How do you spy him? He he, Well, we don't know what he runs, which I think was awesome. That they were like, we want you to be a wide receiver. So he's like, you know what? I'm not running. I'm not running out of my combine. I'm not running out of my pro day because I'm a quarterback. Right. And you draft me for my arm and what I can do in the pocket. You're not draft me for my legs. Like, I, it, it, you should know what I can do with right, my feet already. Right. Like, he's like, he's like, I, it doesn't matter what I run. I'm a quarterback. Like, I think that's awesome that he did that. So this is just, you know, it's just narratives that people draw up. And I think he's going to be terrific. I would take him over Watson personally because I think he's a, a better passer than Watson. Wow. And uh, that says a lot about Watson's early success, too. Actually, real quick. On Watson, I remember this uh, from his first game where he came in for Savage. Uh, in the first half of that game, before he came in the second half and did really well, I was watching him. He looked a little fra- uh, frantic. He looked not super comfortable. Completely fair. His first game, he's a rookie quarterback. I was like, this guy has to use his feet a little bit just to get comfortable, to get in the confine of the game. And I think 
Lamar Jackson will will find some of that success as well to the point where when he is a young quarterback, whether he plays as a rookie or not, I don't know if he will play a ton he of quarterback. He, he probably shouldn't. But if say he gets in early, someone goes down or whatever happens, he may have to use the feet as something as a clear advantage he can just get comfortable with. But he's going to be a thrower. And do you think it? Do you think there's uh, something to worry about with his slight build and him running around? I mean, well, Watson tore his ACL in college, and then he tore it again. He tore other one last year, right? So I mean, there's no injury. But like Carson Wentz tore his ACL, and he's right. he's yoked, right? But I mean, it's so it's you can't really predict injuries. I mean, when you when you play and you have that ability where you can get out of the pocket and make plays like that, I mean, you have to do a good job of make sure he doesn't get hit. Right. But I'm not gonna pick a guy because I'm worried about. Him getting hurt, you could do that with anybody. Anybody can. Like get I'm hurt. not gonna take Saquon Barkley because I don't want to give him 25 carries so he blows out his knee, which could definitely happen. So I mean, you can't take a guy because you're worried about him getting hurt. You got to take him for what he is, and you know, develop him the best you can and put him in the best chance to win. And if he gets hurt, I mean, it's tough. But the NFL people get hurt all the time. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. You're not gonna pick him. No, uh, absolutely, you're gonna pick him. <laughs> absolutely. Tom Brady got hurt. Ben right. Roethlisberger gets hurt every year. So since that's the last quarterback we're talking about here today. I'm going to name my rank, and then you can just drop yours in, and we're going to run through the second half of this first round just before we say goodbye. So I'm putting Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. What's your five? Um, I'll go Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyle Loletta. <laughs> Mason Rudolph, <laughs> nah, Logan put, Woodside. Then I'll put then I'll put <laughs> Allen. I'll put Allen after Loletta, personally. <laughs> I like it. I mean, and he might be your quarterback next year, by the way. I'm just going to remind you well, that. Hopefully he won't be your quarterback for like two years, three years. I mean, it, he's got the talent, so if they take him, I mean, I, I hope they saw something in him. But I mean, so much um, of this depends on coaching. It's just like so much is on coaching. Like, you ever see that, that thing from uh, Family Guy? They're like, you can have the boat or you can have the mystery box. Right. And 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 uh, Peter's wife's like, oh, we'll take the boat. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> a boat's a boat. But the mystery box can be anything. It's like a shoebox. He's like, it can even be a boat. You know how bad we wanted one of those. <laughs> like that's what you're doing. Like you have quarterbacks in front of you, but you're taking that's a great. you're taking a lotto ticket and like you're like, like I'll give you a million dollars or you can go play the lottery and try and win it. Right. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna take the million dollars. You're gonna go try and win it on your own. I think my ranking spoke for itself right there. Right. My ranking spoke for itself. All right, let's run through the rest of this draft. Like you can at- also you can also win the lottery. That's the thing. That's I mean, true. So and it could be worth a hundred million dollars. The, the mystery box can be a boat, even though it's not the size of a boat. <laughs> Very interesting. All right, we're up to eighteen here. Let's just run through these names of other guys who are going to be hearing their name called most likely in the first round. Because now we're at the point where people can drop, people can pop up. Uh, who do you like next going to the Seattle Seahawks? Seattle Seahawks. I haven't taken Jair Alexander, who I think is. Um, I, I I have a tough time to. Taking away, like, you know, you have the top three corners. I'd probably take Alexander over Jackson, personally. Okay. Um, He's, he would be, he would go right into that secondary that now doesn't have. And you're talking about Josh Jackson, not Lamar Jackson. Yes. yes. <laughs> Just to clarify. Yes, uh, the cornerback from Iowa that I have going 10th. Um, Yeah, so, Jai Alexander is just a dog. He's a little bit on the size as well, but he's a dog. Like, he, he has that same, like, Richard Sermon a- attitude, so he would kind of be the replacement for Sherman. And um, you watch his highlights. He's just nasty. He's just he's gonna like he's just a dog, man. He's physical. All right, moving forward. Dallas Cowboys at nineteen. Where are they going? I haven't taken Taven Bryan, a defensive tackle from Florida. He's uh he's an interior guy, but he can rush the passer very well. 
Um, so he would give them that front seven a boost because, you know, they need it up, up front. I mean, I think they would hope for one of those linebackers to fall them because they need it bad now. You can't really depend on Lee. You don't really know what you're going to get from the kid they drafted from No Dame a couple of years ago with his knee issues. So I think Even they would hope. Lee, Lee is so elite. Right, but he's never there. Right. So um, When he's there, they're great. I think but... they would hope for one of those linebackers to fall into their lap, but I think if I think if not, they'll probably look to boost that front seven another way, and I think Brian would be an excellent pick for them. All right, next two guys you got, offensive linemen. Anything of note out of Will Hernandez from Texas El Paso or Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia? Anything of note from these offensive linemen? Or what do I you think I, Isaiah Wynn is a stud, and I have him going to the Giants. Oh, yeah, 22. that's the Giants, right? Yeah. So you got the Giants now with 12 and 22 if the right. bill if they trade with the and Bills. And they'll probably get a, a plethora of other picks. They'll probably get one or two seconds in the first for next year, which... Well, that would be a haul, bro. I mean, Nate Peterman, that would AJ be McCarron, haul. and Josh Allen. How many games are they winning next year? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, not a lot. Yeah, that first pick next year is gold. Um, yeah. So for me, why the trade for the Giants makes so much sense is because they need offensive line help, and unless they take Quentin Nelson at two, anyone else is a reach. They're not going to get a tackle there if they want. So for me, the sweet spot for offensive linemen is that twenty range. You know, maybe eighteen to like twenty-five, because there's a lot of good guards in this. There's not a lot of lead tackles, but there's a couple of very, very good guards. There's hardly tackles you hear about in this draft. It's hardly tackles. And you know what? There's this changing thing in the NFL where it's all about the left tackle, about the left tackle. Recently, there's been more of a um, stressed importance on protecting the middle for the quarterback, protecting the pressure in the quarterback's face. So guards may be getting a little more hype as well. Isaiah Wynn, a guy I don't know much about, to be completely honest. But if the Giants are in 22, that's what we need. That's what we need, and if you get a guy like Isaiah Wynn from Georgia, who or a school you can expect some good the thing about offensive Wynn, line talent from. The thing about Wynn is he was a tackle in college, and um, he's not quite NFL size for a tackle, but he's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal athlete, so he will bump inside as a guard. And um, to bring it back to the Browns, the Browns took a guy a couple of years ago, Joel Batonio, who was a tackle from, uh, I believe, Nevada. And he was a little bit undersized, too. So they bumped him inside. Now he's one of the better guards in football. Because if you have a tackle skill set, but you're not big enough and you go inside, and you can, you know, you're... You can still be that quick on right, tackle. Right, and you're, pull. you're pulling. You're, you know, you could be dangerous on screens. And all. And I think he'd be a terrific player for them. And you put him next to Solder, and that's that's your left side of the line for the next five years. All right, you got a guy going next with a, a fantastic name. I'll just say that. I don't know anything about him. He has a fantastic name. Leighton Vander-esque. Did I say it right? Yes. Leighton Vander-esque. Yeah, um, linebacker, Boise State. Yeah, what, what's he about? He's kind of all over the place. He's just like he's just so typical New England Patriots. He's a big white linebacker from Boise State that's just you know he's gonna have a buddy face and he's gonna he's just gonna do a bunch of things and like he's just so typical Bill Belichick and I think that um you know with, with Hightower and then they lost Collins and, and Jones so the, their defense definitely is slacking and they, and, and Patricia they lost him too. Yeah, I mean they, they could go anyway. They want. They might even try and move up for Rosen. I heard they love Rosen. Shocking! That, wow, the Patriots love one of the best quarterbacks in the draft that nobody else loves. That's real shocking. Absolutely, me. such a shocker. They're gonna end up getting him somehow. That's just <laughs> that would be amazing. But that also could be one of those rumors we're talking about earlier in the show, like in the very beginning, like an hour ago, I should say, uh, where somebody puts out a rumor that can be a favor from Bill Belichick to Rosen. I, I forget where I heard this. I think it might have been on the herd where Belichick has a connection to a coach or something of Rosen. He's been falling a little bit, been getting some bad rumors. Oh, let's 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 say that the Patriots like him. That'll help out his narrative. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the Patriots, they, you know, they moved around. They got a lot of picks. They had definitely they have two firsts and two seconds now. So if they want to move up, they can. Um. 
So it would not shock me if they moved up. Or, you know, they could just stand pack and fill out their guys. They haven't had this much draft capital in a while. So they also haven't had that much draft success lately, too. So right, be very but they don't have that pick. So last year they didn't have a pick like the first three rounds, which is insane. Uh, all right, Carolina Panthers next. Uh, you got another offensive tackle, the first tackle going on the draft. That's got to be a first for a tackle falling this late. Yeah, I mean the tackle class isn't strong. Uh, Connor Williams could be a candidate to bump aside to a guard as well, but I think uh, he's more of a developmental guy. He's got. He's flash dominance as a left tackle. I mean, I think people wanted him to be better than he was. So he could be an interesting pick for a Panthers team who just lost um, their best guard. So he might be a guy like you might play him guard early in his career and then bump him out to tackle later on. And that is Connor Williams from Texas. Now you got our first, uh, not the first actually, sorry, but an, another Nick Sabanite coming off the draft, a defensive tackle. Oh, wow. Another uh, big old defensive interior lineman from Alabama. What do you like about Deron Payne? Uh, he's a run stuffer. He, he, he's very similar to Vita V. Um, he's not as dynamic as a pass rusher as him, but he's he would give them a co- like Tennessee defense was awful. So just get a big boy in the middle, let him eat the runs, let the linebackers get free. It makes everybody's job easier. Another guy who's an interior defensive lineman, anything of note on Maurice Hunt? Or Hurst? I love Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst. I have him as a like a top ten. Is he prospect. is he a Harbaugh recruit? Uh, uh yeah, I believe so. Um, he's he had like a heart issue. He had like a regular heartbeat at the combine, mm. but apparently everything's checked out now. He is um like a poor man's Aaron Donald. He's not a typical inside defensive tackle. He's more like Taven Bryan. He's not as big as Bryan is, but um he's a dynamic pass rusher from the inside. He can stop the run. Um, to be honest, if the Browns took him at four, I'd be hyped because he, I think he's a very good player. And I Wait, think so he, you just said a guy could go four, but you have him at 26th? Yeah. Well, no, I said if they took him at four, I'd love it. Oh, you just don't um, think that's not going to happen, though? No, it, it, it won't. Um, I think they're hoping he falls to them in the second round, which with his health issues is definitely possible mm. because the way it works in the NFL is like if a guy has a red flag, some teams might just take him off the board. Like there's teams that don't have Josh Rosen on their board. Because of the health, the, the quote-unquote yeah, health Yeah, well, health, the off the field. Like, if right. guys do things that, you know, guys just take them off the board, like a guy, they might want to take people, a, Some people probably have Mayfield right. off their board. Right, and you see it um, last year. So with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was a top 15 player in the draft. Oh, yeah. and Or uh, Joe Mixon, right, for example. Right, and they have, you know, issues off the field. He didn't test as well as they thought. And, you know, they're like, you know, some teams just took him off their board. Some teams didn't have Joe Mixon on their board. But other teams do, and they, they'll fall to them. And uh, Dalvin Cook, when he played, was terrific. I think he's going to be awesome this year if he comes back healthy. That was a real shame last year. All right, so the next guy is a guy who has some hype going in, like, the 8 to 12, 14 range. But he also has a possibility to really fall. He's defensive end, edge rusher, Mar- Marcus Davenport. What do, you, what do you like about this guy? I mean, he's uh, kind of flown under the radar. He came in, I think he came in as, like, a wide receiver or something weird. He came in at, like, 230 pounds to college, and he's now up to, like, 260. So he's still going to be adding weight. He's uh he's kind of like a uh, Ziggy Ansah. He's very raw. Okay. So you're gonna have to get him and kind of develop him. But uh, somebody could get hot and bothered over him and take him early if they love his potential because it's definitely there. Um, but in this draft, just the way I had it falling, I had him falling to the Saints, and um, that would be a dynamic guy to have in, on their front seven with their with the way their defense is going. Um, he's a player that could definitely go higher. I mean, it's tough. Like after like the first like seven guys, you'd say it's kind of like a mix. It's all like personal preference. So he could go. You know, like, he could go 14, 15, or he also could go 27, 26. But uh, pass rushers are premium, so, you know, you could see him go higher. I mean, like, Chandler Jones went, like, 24th or something. Right. All right, another guy, UCF, the, the undefeated UCF, the team that couldn't be stopped last year, didn't get their shot, right? Oh, my God, that was a funny, funny narrative. But anyway, a guy from UCF you have going late in the draft, Mike Hughes. Anything of note? 
Oh, he's a very good corner. He's got a lot of potential. I, there might be some baggage issues with him. I haven't really explored that fully. But uh, a lot of people like him. I've seen people that have him rated as their second best corner. So, you know, he's a guy that... In a, ha- in a quarter he- corner-heavy draft. Right. Too. And uh, if you watch Pittsburgh, they gave up 45 points to Blake Bortles and company. So um, they couldn't cover me uh, last year. So That's like the second yeah. or third time you put yourself in a wide receiver's shoes there. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> I tore my ACL last year. I can't run, and they still couldn't cover me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh. They they got to revamp that defense. They are completely opposite of what Pittsburgh is known for. They're we're gonna outscore you, and then we're just gonna get a shootout. It's basically like a Madden game every time you play them. So they're gonna try to revamp that defense up. They'll probably start with with secondary in the first round. Very nice. All right, you have a wide receiver. The first wide receiver you have going off the board late in the first round, 29th. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we haven't talked about a wide receiver yet. Let's skip Cortland Sutton for a second and just name these other three guys: Harrison Phillips, Ronald Jones who's a running back, and Rashawn Evans, who's a linebacker from Alabama. Anything notes on those three guys before we hop into wide receivers real quick? Uh, well, the Vikings, they uh, I think they lost a defensive tackle, too, and Harrison Phillips is a very gritty, um, you know, he's a very gritty defensive tackle. He's not necessarily the most technical sound guy, but he was a wrestler in college, so he's very, like, scrappy, and he just does the dirty work underneath. I, I think he's going to be a good player. I think he fits what the Vikings are trying to do. Ronald Jones would be terrifying in the Patriots offense because he does like what three of the running backs do. So if they can get him, he kind of reminds me of like LaShawn McCoy type guy, but he might be a little bit bigger. I'm not quite sure on that, but he's very similar in that type of skill set and the way he runs. And he can, he's a home run hitter. He would, he would add a dynamic playmaker to a team that really needs playmakers now. And he's one of those other running backs who can really hold a team back from drafting Saquon Barkley because there's Geis and there's Jones and there's um the guy from Miami. His name's uh, the running back from Miami that's uh, name's drawn a blank right now. Walton? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another guy who people think can be very good running backs later in the draft, so it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, fares in the NFL once he makes it there. And last, Rashawn Evans at uh, Alabama. Um, I mean, the thing about the end of the first round is guys are going to fall farther than teams anticipate, and you're going to see teams jump back up into the first round to get them, to get that, like the Browns did last year with Njoku. Right. Um, you, you're going to see guys that teams like and have high, like, top 15, top 20 grades on. If they're sitting there in the 20s, they'll make a jump up and get them. So the Eagles and, like, Patriots and the Vikings, they could all be candidates to trade out. But Rashawn Evans is a, a great linebacker who has ability to rush the pass off the edge as well. So he would just be another cog in that dynamics front seven that the Eagles are building there and just – they, they take players and find ways to use them, so I think he'd be a good fit there. All right, so last but not least, we got to talk about a couple wide receivers. So Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. There's some other guys as well. Those are kind of like the big three names that you hear about the most. Who Who's the best wide receiver in this class? DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Yeah, kid from Maryland. He's kind of like a Stephon Diggs type guy. He's just he's just a dog. I mean, if I would take a running back, uh, wide receiver in the first round, uh, it, would, it would be DJ Moore. I just like what he brings to the table. I think he has the most upside of all of them. And I think he is one of the few guys that has a chance to be a dynamic playmaker as a wide receiver, whereas the rest of the guys will probably be complementary guys. They won't be the guy. And I think DJ Moore has that potential to be a game changer. So you're not super high on Calvin Ridley, who some people have as a top 10 pick. Let's not let's not kid that. Like A lot of people believe this guy's going top 10, top 12. He's going to be a dynamic playmaker. I personally love Calvin Ridley. I think he runs incredible routes. He catches everything with his hands, which I absolutely love. And when I watch tape on wide receivers... That's the first thing I look for. How is this receiver catching the ball? Is he letting it get to his body? Is he going at the ball? Is he coming back to uh, balls on hitches and hooks? Calvin really does all that. He's explosive. His feet move insanely fast. He got caught inside the 10-yard line so many times at Alabama. He just didn't seem to finish off those big plays, which hurt his statistics, obviously. I think he's a stud. 
Do you think Calvin Ridley is going to be just some other receiver in the league? I don't think it will be some other receiver. He could be like a high end too. I just don't see him as like a first round guy. Like he, he, nothing jumps off the page where I'm like, I gotta have like he's not like Julio Jones or AJ Green. Like he's not a dynamic, dynamic player. He doesn't have crazy size. He's right. Kind of he's, yeah, he's just he'd be a very good wide receiver. But I, I, with the guys in this class, I wouldn't take a like a very good wide receiver over like. You know, uh, Jair, an, an edge rusher, or, or, secondary right, yeah, guy. It's just all about value. And this class, while it's not like highlighted by a stud wide receiver, it's very deep. So you don't might not have to go and get Ridley at say ten. You can get a comparable player at like you know forty five or whatever it is. And it kind of brings back to fantasy football. You know, there's Antonio Browns, Julio Jones, uh, Odell Beckham's, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, all right. these people. But then there's just this slew of other talented right. wide receivers who make their plays, who get their touches, who are big parts of their offense. And they weren't high, then a lot of them weren't high draft picks. Either. Exactly. So, so what do you like about Cortland Sutton? I like him specifically for the Jaguars. Cause they, I mean, they lost Robinson, didn't have him last year. But they brought a Moncrief, who I think is very similar to Ridley in a way. So you look at what the Jaguars do. They want to pound the ball, and when they pass it, they want to make sure that it stays out of harm's way, which with Blake Bortles is never a guarantee. No. And like he mentioned, Calvin Ridley is a phenomenal route runner, and he, he's always going to be where he has to be at, at, at the point of time where the ball should be arriving. But that's not really what Blake Bortles does. Blake Bortles is not a uh, surgical passer. He's not a guy who's going to be, you know, hitting synchronized passes up and down the field. He's going to be a guy who needs his wide receivers maybe to bail him out. And I think Sutton, with his size, and he's basically like a, he's like kind of like a, who's the guy from? Carolina Funches. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like that. Like, he's a bigger body guy where you can throw it up and you know there's a good shot. It's either he's going to bring it down or nobody will. So, I think he fits what they would want in want wide receiver over over Ridley. I like that, man. Yo, that was good. I feel like we could take a deep breath now. We just we did it. That's the first round of the NFL draft. Obviously, we, we're not going deeper than that. We went deep enough. We talked about a ton of guys here. Yeah, put it in ink. <laughs> Total, talked a lot about a quarter, a lot about, uh, we talked about a lot of quarterbacks. And it's going to be a heavy quarterback narrative on Thursday night. It's going to be a ton of fun. Is this one of the more exciting drafts uh, in your memory? Yeah, I mean, personally, having a team that has picked one and four, I mean, that's kind of insane. So just the amount of quarterbacks in this draft. You've never, I haven't remembered uh, you know, a draft like this with so many guys and nobody knows who's number one. And it's just insane. And there's like a couple of elite, elite prospects, but they aren't necessarily at the ideal positions like there's no stud left tackle I mean Chubb's great but he's not Garrett you know what I mean he's not Bosa he's not so it's like it's tough because it's like there's just so many good guys at the top that you don't know which way they're going to fall and they can really go in any combination and you're all just you know kind of throwing darts and hopefully one sticks seems to be a lot of parody in this draft but man I know you're excited for Thursday night hopefully I get a text from you that says ah we didn't we didn't brown we didn't the Browns well, didn't brown if it, if it is Josh Allen, I may go on a hiatus. I have to <laughs> check uh, hospitals for alcohol poisoning because I'm going to be drinking very heavily if, if that's the case. Oh, my God. I'll keep an eye on you then. <laughs> All right, man. Kevin Kennedy on Pete Kennedy. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. If you stuck around for an hour and 25 minutes of this NFL draft preview, just shout out to you. Thank you for that. We do this just because we love talking about sports. We love doing doing stuff on the Sports Blog New York podcast. And for you guys to stick around and listen means the world to us. So thank you so much. If, if you feel so kind, subscribe to this podcast, Sports Blog New York podcast, you know, iTunes, all that stuff. And hit rate, hit review, drop some stars, tell us what you think. Tell us who you think is going number one. It's been a lot of fun. Any last words, Kev? 
Uh, you told me we were doing two rounds tonight. Oh, yeah. oh you want to go another hour? <laughs> we, we can go. No, no, I'm joking. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> al- it's always great to be here and uh, you know get to talk a little bit. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's it, man. This is Sports Blog New York Podcast. Y'all have a great day.